When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Andy. And my name is Lee. Welcome everyone. Uh, Andy, what's coming up in the show? Yeah, so obviously uh, all the usual caveats apply doing a, um, a podcast this early in the week when there's still so many Game Week 26 games to go. But um, we're going to start looking ahead to Game Week 27. We haven't seen the Man City match, but we've seen the lineup. So we're going to uh, uh, talk about that and how uh, it might look for future weeks. Obviously, double Game Week this week, a little bit of a less... Um, you know, a bit more of an underwhelming one next week, I would say. Uh, but there is a double game week to talk about. And there's obviously Leicester, two injuries, big injuries for Barnes. And obviously Madison missed out as well. So is it time to move on? Uh, and then we're going to look for all the normal stuff, transfer plans, captaincy and all that good stuff. Yes, indeed. Before we do that, let's see how our game weeks are going so far. Just before um, we'll start with Andy's team, because you're doing the best out of us so far. Um, just to timestamp this, um, this is taking place at seven o'clock, an hour before Man City's game against Wolves. So we have literally just seen the Man City lineup um, just now. And I have hastily um, not changed my captain of Diaz in my Sky team. So that is now sorted, everyone. <laughs> rest easy um let's move on to how we're doing so far game week 26 andy you're doing really well um so you got 67 points but you took a, a minus eight to get that so 59 triple captain on kane um just for the benefit of those listening to the podcast you've got martinez cancelo wambasaka stones son salah gundawan fernandez rafina Kane, triple captain, and Bamford, and Antonio, Dallas, and Byrne on your bench. So you must be pretty happy with that. Yeah, it's, it's gone pretty well. I took an eight-point hit in order to get Kane in. Um, and yes, I'm just going to say it. I've got six points from Kane, and I'm unhappy with that. I wanted more from that game. I deserve more from that game. Kane should have got more from that game. And I know people hate people saying that, but that miss at the end was worth that about was 18 points because I had big. Son as well. Um, I, I, I haven't seen a replay since, but I, th- I feel like it bubbled up a little bit before he took the hit. <laughs> so I don't know, just so frustrating watching that live. Um, but otherwise, yeah, Son and Kane coming through. Um, obviously, that Burnley game wasn't as good as fixture as possibly being made out. And Wan-Bissaka coming in with a clean sheet against Chelsea was nice too. So, yeah, looking, for, looking forward to tonight. Cancelo's playing, but obviously Gundogan rested, but that might be good news for... Uh, next week yeah well I mean half your points from two players from Spurs um, can't be sniffed at and of course as we'll come to in a, in a second um, our, um, after we've finished with our teams um, we'll just showcase someone who's gone a little bit further as uh, in terms of FPL assets um, for this game week so yeah before we do that Lee you've been not too shabby as well um, 58 points no hit either um, and your bench boost is played so I'm going to I'm going to go through your team and then I'm going to ask you how it's going and I'll particularly ask about your captain and your bench boost. So you have Pope, uh, Robertson, Cancelo, Diaz, Shaw, Salah, Son, Fernandez, Gundogan, Watkins, Calvert-Lewin, who you captained, and yeah. your bench, which you bench boosted, McCarthy, yeah. nothing, <laughs> Bamford, two, 
Dallas to Rafina to um, I'm gonna bench boost. I I'm gonna say you're not happy about that. I was trying to think of a time <laughs> over the last three or four years when a chip has worked out for me. I, I burn them every year. It's ridiculous. Mm. And this year, no exception. I, I did fancy Leeds in that game, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have played the bench boost. Um, I looked at the way they dismantled Saints the week before. And Rafina in particular could have had a haul yeah. that game. He was ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just didn't work out for me that game. So the bench boost is a massive fail, no doubt about it. But... The rest of the team is okay. Um, I feel like even my rank took a bit of a jump just from not taking a hit. I think there's obviously a lot of hits knocking about this week. So to just go into it with 11 double game weeks and a bench boost and no hits was was a good start. Um, Martinez is killing me every week. Absolutely Mm. killing me every week. And I obviously got Pope for the double game week a while back uh, and obviously for this one. So I don't know. He's he's probably got to come in, Martinez, at some stage. I've I've got Pope and McCarthy. So I've got no keeper for 29. So something's got to change there. Um, Robertson, I was I was hoping for obviously the clean sheet against Sheffield United. That was good. Um, not sure what we get against Chelsea, although they're not exactly free scoring at the moment. Like Andy, Manchester United clean sheet as well, just with Shaw for me. He's happy with that. I think he dropped out of the bonus uh, really late on Luke Shaw, which is a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big swinger for me clearly was no Kane. No Kane for this week meant that I pretty much watched that game from behind the sofa. I know we're going to analyse it in a bit more detail later on. So. I want to talk in particular about Burnley and how they played in that game. It was absolutely awful from Sean Dyche. Uh, but Son as coverage in that game was good. And then obviously the DCL captain blank so far is disappointing. Mm-hmm. But West Brom coming up next. Yeah. So uh, crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. Full of hope. Full of hope. Um, so yeah. here's my team. I described it last week as Dross with a bit of gloss. Um, so this, I made it a little bit glossier. I did I did what I could. Um, so I, I, I already knew I was going into this game week chipless. So I've got 49. I took a hit. So 45 so far. Um, but most of my team's still to go. Um, so I've got Edison, who's playing tonight. He's in the team. Um, and he's got me a whole two points before. So Edison, Dallas, um, Loughton, my favourite. <laughs> he's got no, nothing so far. Let's see. Um, John Stones is not playing tonight. Um, Rafina. Uh, I actually played him uh, deliberately because um, I'm so impressed with him. Uh, Fernandez, Salah, Gundogan, and Son. Kane was my captain, and Calvert Lewin. So pretty much, virtually all my points there are really Son, Kane, and Stones. And on my bench, um, actually bench Bamford, um, Jed Steer's still there, uh, Mitchell's still there, and Kufau. So hardly anything on my bench. And this is why I didn't bench boost because look at that bench. I just wouldn't. I've got my bench boost to play. So I said last week for I I sort of representing the chipless and I I know when with people with bench boost you know you're not happy with your points but you've got still got six points more than those without a bench without a without a, a chip whole there. six points whole six I'll points take it. and it all counts <laughs> take it. same with the triple captaincy you know a whole six points extra so far with Kane but the promise of more but nevertheless it's more points so the big issues me no chip and no Martinez. Um, so I, for me, I've got a tiny red arrow at the moment. I want to keep it that way. Just, you know, tiny green arrow, tiny red arrow. Just want to get through this week. It's not my week. But my week will be when I wildcard and bench boost after game week 29 at some point. Um, so that's when I'm hoping to uh, get a march on people there. Um, Calvert-Lewin, yeah. I was very tempted by Calvert-Lewin. Um, what I did is... Um, Cavalier is my captain rather, but I went for Kane. I got rid of Grealish for Son, and I got rid of Ings for Kane. So I sort of did what you could do, really, to to jazz it up a bit. 
Um, and Son, I got. I was going to get Barnes in, and it wasn't that I'm some kind of magic voodoo chief who can predict people's injuries. Um, I didn't get Barnes in because I did not like Brendan Rodgers' post Europa League interview. Very down, very pessimistic. The the Madison injury I didn't think would affect me in my decision about Leicester, but the fact is that he played. He played a variety of people. I think Pereira played in the attacking midfield role at one point. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when I saw it, and then and then I thought Ian Acho might get it as well, and that that transpired. It just basically, I don't think they can quite at the moment replace Madison. And as we'll come to Leicester, they they are sorely lacking his creativity. Um, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't that you know, I thought Barnes would get injured, but it just put me off there. Meanwhile, Mourinho after Europa league um he was really you know he's quite he can be quite swaggery he seemed especially swaggery. no he was seemed especially <laughs> swaggery and i felt oh he you know could, we were talking about bail we were talking about you know people saying oh you can play son kane ali bail together and i just thought god he's got options and they're really good and they're actually on form as well and so i thought right i'm gonna get son in i just thought don't you know don't complicate it but I'm nothing compared to this guy here. So my fellow Sky Video... This is insane. My Sky Sky Video and podcast comrade, Luke, this is what he's come out with. Okay. Those listening to the podcast can't... won't better... obviously won't better see what I'm putting up. So I'll describe it. Um, Luke has got 100 points. He took a minus 12... He triple captained and got in Gareth Bale. <laughs> and so he's got Ariola, Cancelo Stones, Maitland Niles, Gundawan, Bale, 57 points and counting wow. so far. <laughs> Fernandez, wow. Salah, nice. Calvert Lewin, Watkins, and Kane. And he could afford to bench Rafina and Dallas and um, Vestergaard. Who Vestergaard is goals imminent. He's he's definitely gonna be close to a goal at some point soon. Um, but the reason I put that, we're not really doing a rough with the smooth because the game week's still going on. But it's not amazing. Um, what did you two think of that when you when you heard that Luke was going to um, triple captain Bale? Could you imagine that he would get hundred points? It's, it was so ballsy, wasn't it? He's, he's known to be a bit maverick, so it's not. I, I wasn't shocked when I saw it, but I was shocked to see it then come in as well. It's just, it's insane. I mean, what a differential under one percent. I doubt mm. if he's under one percent still, Gareth Bale, but he was at zero point seven, zero point eight, or something. So. Yeah, fair play. That is a that's a move and a half. I love it. Yeah, it's incredible. This is very typical. This is the sort of move that Luke does. Um, sometimes it doesn't pay off, and sometimes it does in spectacular fashion. So someone like me, chipless, and I got the average, which is forty-five. He's got more than double that. Um, so I know I know there's a hits involved, but he's still got all his players to play, including his triple captain. Um, this could be huge. This could be huge. So we'll, I, would we'll, say, I would happily take a hundred with a twelve point hit. That's for sure. Correct. We yeah. will. We will. Um, we'll give an update on the next scout cast to see how Luke's done, and uh, I might ask it. I might ask it on the scout video and podcast as well. But all, all, all our scout viewers and listeners probably won't care because it's FPL. But um, we'll move on for that. Um, yeah, City. We've got a double game week again. Or have they? Or have they? Will they actually? You know, will they actually play twice? Will their their key players? play twice um so uh, uh, as andy was said it, we we perhaps gone from the biggest double game week to perhaps the most underwhelming um city are facing manchester united and southampton so there is a potential but manchester united are becoming the experts at the nil nil against the big six 
Um, and yeah. who will play twice? Um, are there? So we've got our three Man City options already. Um, do we own, say, for example, KDB? Do we own Sterling? Do we own the player that we think is going to be the best captaincy shout? So understandably, we had a lot of questions from the community about that. And just to timestamp this again, this is taking place just before the Wolves match. So caveat with all the usual weather injuries, suspensions, and all those types of things take place. Um, so the questions from the community about them. Jimmy asks, is Cancelo a reasonable captain? triple captaincy option for game week 27 Ashwin Thomas is it worth transferring Gundogan out for KDB Warwick English with United's poor attacking form against bigger clubs is Fernandez actually expendable for KDB so all answers his own question there um, is KDB necessary and who makes way Bruno or Salah so lots of questions about KDB there um, and FPL Fox is wondering is Sterling the best captain or is KDB better so what I'll do in a sec is I'll put some stats up for the last two matches of Gundogan and KDB um, but before I do that I'll just ask both of you what you think about City who you've got who you plan to captain and why so let's go with you first Andy um, who, who have you got for City and who's going to be captain if any yeah, I mean, I'm definitely counting the City players. Not even a debate for me. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people looking at Spurs players um, because of Crystal Palace. But double game with Man City, you just don't turn that down. So I'll definitely be captaining one. Um, I've got Stones, Cancelo and Gundogan. Um, so I, I probably won't go near a defender captain just because it's certainly not Stones now. Laporte's just playing too many games at this point um, to make him... I've just got no confidence that he would start two in a row. Mm. Um, Cancelo, maybe, because I think he started something ridiculous. I can't remember the exact number now. I'll look it up in a minute. Uh, but he's hardly missed any games this season, actually, in the league since he started playing. So he's a potential captain. But Gundogan, I suppose, is the one for me right now. Uh, I've just made a mistake in the tweet that I've put out. But I, I see why people are liking Gundogan captain now, because he's, he's missing this game. So chances yeah. are now he starts both the next two. Um, but I am looking again to Bruyne. Because I, he, the fact that he started today doesn't necessarily put me off. I think that just shows. I mean, you can you can frame it whichever way you want, I suppose. But he's always an he's their most important player. Mm. You would probably say, uh, and when he's fit, he almost always starts. Like all over Christmas, all that talk of rotation, it did not happen. He didn't start missing games until he got injured. Simple as that. Uh, and I wonder if we're starting to see well, the same I'll, now. Get him. I was just going to say, while you're talking now, I'll just put up those stats. These are the last two matches, Gundogan and KDB. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, so um, I'm really tempted by, by De Bruyne. Now, one of the arguments against would always be that the Man City defence is so consistent, which I fully get. But I'm not... I, I, like I said, I don't know how confident I am now with Stones going forward, how many starts he's going to get. And let's be honest, right? I know he scored a few goals, but it's not like he is Marcus Alonso, right? He's not going to go on for the rest of the season and score another five, six goals. So I'm not particularly worried about that. So I'm actually thinking of swapping him for someone like Rudiger, who plays, he's a bit cheaper. He does play 90 minutes every single week. He isn't going to get rotated, I don't think. Uh, in a Chelsea defense that's nearly as good as City under Tuchel, and even before, to be honest. Mm. And that lets me get De Bruyne, where I know people are going to be put off getting him because they've got Gundogan. But I just think if they both start the same game, De Bruyne is always the better captain for me. And he's a differential. And while people are put off captain in De Bruyne, I see that as a, 
don't know, like a calculated way to get up the ranks without just so going who, different. Who, who makes way for Gundogan? For, for, for Sorry, for KDB. Who? Fernandez. Fernandez. Okay. Which, I, which is very scary. That's... And again, talking about it on a podcast is much easier than actually doing it. Yeah. But I, I was having a look at, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I talked about this before the Newcastle match, and I couldn't go through with it because it was Newcastle. But the next three fixtures are Man City. I would say that's probably a blank. Uh, West Ham, which isn't necessarily easy, as Man City mm-hmm. and Spurs have shown in the last couple of weeks, and then it's and then it is a blank for him. Then Brighton, then Spurs, um, and it's not that I think Fernandez is a bad option. I would just be hoping that De Bruyne does better. Basically, you've got think... your second wild card as well, right, Andy? So no, so if no, you no, take... no, that's that's blown a long time. Oh, ago. he's game, gone. Oh, okay, game okay. eighteen, I use that. Yeah, well, so... one of the things I was going to say is that a lot of people might be thinking of bringing doing some surgery like that and taking out players like Fernandez with the safety net of playing the second wild card if it goes catastrophically wrong but you would still be taking up Fernandez without the safety net which is which is yeah. great but I like it yeah but the thing is like it's not like De Bruyne's the thing, I don't like going different for the sake of it right? I'm not like Luke I think he triple captain Bear. I think the week before that was Vestergaard right I'm not going to make those kind of moves but Kevin De Bruyne is arguably the best player in the league I know he's not done it this year so far and Fernandez is the top scorer so it is even crazy to be talking about it but if I ever need to make that switch back, it's just one move, right? It's just De Bruyne back yeah, to Fernandez. Sure. Uh, and I just, I think if, I, I've had a look at the fixtures and captaincy is not the only reason to own Fernandez, but I don't really see what, what game we cover captain him in apart from game week 33, which is Leeds. And in that week, I'm probably going to free hit anyway. So I'll be able to easily get him back. Do you think you might? And you'd be happier him? with the sacrificial lamb being Fernandez over Salah. Mm. Well, that, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'm not completely put off Salah like a lot of people are. I've seen the the threads and stuff with his positioning and how far wide right he was. And to be fair, he was um, on that right side quite a lot. Not, not necessarily hugging the touchline, but he, he didn't come central that often till towards the end. Um, but I just think it's Fulham this week. It's Fulham and Wolves versus Man City and West Ham before the blank. And the fixtures, yeah. Liverpool's running's really good. So is, if yeah. they can find any kind of form... Um, or just you know, just start putting the ball in the back of the net a bit more often, like we know they can. They got great fixtures to come, so I don't really want to get rid of him. To be honest, and again, if people are getting rid of him, that kind of makes me more tempted just to keep him. To yeah. be honest. I was going to say with, yeah, with Fernandez, it's as you said, it's easy to say on podcast, but then when you look back at live FPL and you see just even when he's not the top captaincy option, know, he's still got an effective ownership of over a hundred percent. So I, I mean, unfortunately, he is a shield. Um, you do get a rank drop even by owning and not captaining him. But if you do not own him, that's a massive rank drop. If he get all it takes is a penalty, then bonus. And suddenly he's only got if De Bruyne doesn't match him. Only if De Bruyne doesn't match him. But will De Bruyne play twice? Um, in De Bruyne's favour, though, these stats have got up on the screen here, and this is something we talked about on the captaincy video earlier today. So do have a look at that. I did that with David. Um, but what that looks at is um, De Bruyne and Gundogan over the last two matches, just to see how they fed. It's really small sample size, but I'm just looking at sort of the early hints of a trend. Um, and that's <laughs> that trend is saying KDB's the guy to get Gundogan. It, it ain't. Um, so five chances created for, by De Bruyne, zero chances created by Gundogan. So his assist potential is zero. Um, five goal attempts by De Bruyne, but number on target <laughs> so what you're getting there is sort of old familiar De Bruyne you're getting the chance created the assister but you're not necessarily getting the sharp shooting guy 
Gundogan, however, did get two goal attempts. On the eye test, you're seeing Gundogan still make the same runs, but they are a slightly different side when KDB's in it. I mean, any team would be, really. And really small sample size, and we're not going to get to see it again. I kind of, as a Gundogan owner, possible captainer, Game Week 27, I'd have loved to have seen them together again, just to have a little bit more information there. So we're not mm-hmm. going to know whether... Um, Gundogan can score big with KDB in the side or not. Um, KDB starting tonight says to me um, there could poss- there's the possibility of a benching. There's a possibility of benching for all of them. And I think for me to get Gundogan in, for to get KDB in for a hit with the possibility he's only going to play one match and I don't particularly want him m- hugely long-term. Next couple, yes, but not really long-term. He doesn't play in 29 either. For me, I think I'm going to do the traditional Dullard thing of nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what do you think with him is, The thing with him is, Joe, is that he's got like... It's not as if he's been prolific this season, though. We know what he can do, obviously. Mm. And, and I totally hear what Andy's saying, because at twelve, I think he's 12.9% owned. I just looked him up a second ago, De Bruyne. And a lot of those are going to be... They're not going to be teams that are in and around where you are, Andy, right? right. These are going to be teams that have had him at the beginning of the season and just still kept him. So... He is a massive differential for you. Um, at the expense of Fernandez, I'm not. I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I'm not sure if De Bruyne had had the sort of season that he had maybe last year or the year before, where he was banging them in left, right, and centre. Maybe, but I think he'd only scored two or three goals from open play. Okay, he's got a couple of penalties to go along with that as an this season, but he's not been quite the Kevin De Bruyne that mm. we've seen in previous seasons. That's my concern. But he's a really great yeah, differential. For he's. You. Yeah, so he's he's basically massively under well he's he's underperforming whether you, whether you say it's massively or not I don't know so his mm. xG this season is something like eight and he's only scored three goals so he's five yeah. under it yeah um so that could at some point that's probably going to regress a little bit whether or not it's this season or not obviously uh it's impossible to say the, the other thing I've done is I've kind of mapped out who I want to captain for the rest of the season um obviously this could change for loads of different factors but it's, I, I find it's good to have a rough plan. And for the last 12 weeks, I would put Man City as the best, if not equal, with like Salah or Kane for like six of them. And yeah. so if I think De Bruyne is better than Gundogan, then I just I just want him for those weeks. Mm-hmm. And if, I know people keep people will say about the value in Gundogan. I fully agree with that, which is why I'm selling a defender and not selling Gundogan. Um, because I feel like a defender can eat... Like if Stone's ceiling is like six, seven points, you know, Rudiger can do the same for, the, for a similar price. Gundogan's price I'm not sure many players can can necessarily match him and I think with captaincy that I don't care about value I want the best player for my captaincy like it's so important um so that's what I'm thinking about doing it Fernandez is a massive risk but um I, I think like you said a lot of people will maybe be thinking of doing it until the 31 wildcard anyway and then by that point if I need him back for Burnley and then Liverpool and Spurs then I'll do You're it running is tough as well United's running is tough isn't it yeah yeah I agree with you. You wouldn't captain him a lot over that run, I don't think. I think 33 is the big one, which is leads away. Uh, And for me, I'm thinking of free hitting in that week anyway, like I said. Oh, I got the free hit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I I think that's a a possible plan. But in terms of selling Gundogan for De Bruyne, I think that's a little bit more difficult because Mm. um, it's a a big increase in price. I do think Gundogan's value. Personally, I would would sell a defender. I don't know about you guys. What would you you think about it, Lee, at all? Um... It has crossed my mind to get Kevin De Bruyne, but it hasn't crossed my mind to sell Bruno. Um, I don't know. I think I would agree with you. I don't think I would. I don't think I would upgrade, if that's the right phrase, Gundogan to 
KDB. I think Gundogan is still in the right areas. He's still making the right runs. There's a part of me that wonders whether he feels a bit more responsibility or did feel a bit more responsibility over that area of the pitch when Kevin De Bruyne wasn't there. And I wonder whether he might be less risky with his runs or he might not quite pick up the areas that De Bruyne is in and therefore he might be slightly further back. I don't know. Based on what we've seen so far with them both playing together, that's not the case. And I agree with, I think, Joe, you were saying before, you'd like to see them play more together Mm. if you were going to make that decision to upgrade, if that's the right phrase. So if I was going to go De Bruyne, um, yeah, I think I would reluctantly have to lose a defender, but it would be reluctantly. And actually, my choice would be between Diaz and Cancelo. Those are the two that I've got. I think that's a far harder decision yeah. than Stones. I yeah. think Stones is, I'm not going to say it's an easy sell, but if you had gun to my head, I'd say, yeah, Stones with the threat of Laporte, as we've seen tonight, etc. Diaz is, I mean, not only is he nailed on, probably the best defender in the league, picks up bonus points whenever he gets a clean sheet. I mean, he's just, he's just phenomenal. He's changed them massively. And Cancelo, okay, we'll get the odd rest, but you know what he's like in terms of picking up positions and getting... I'm saying getting FPL points. He's not actually translated a lot of that underlying potential into a lot of FPL points, but you always feel like a hole's there for him. So I think if you've got stones, that's not an easy move, but that is a move that I could be willing to have a look at, yeah. I think think just uh, one... Sorry, just one really quick thing. I I think the team sheet is possibly meant, even if you were thinking about getting De Bruyne, you could possibly just to delay the decision now because the hit when De Bruyne gets rested and you think he's definitely going to start the next two is different to Gundogan being rested. You already own him. You could just captain him. And if there's potentially yeah. a double in 28, it's maybe better to just roll. But yeah, that's that's the only other thing I would we don't think We don't think De Bruyne is going to be rested anytime soon, do we? He's just coming back that's, from injury. He wants I, rhythm I, and consistency, doesn't he? I, I don't think so. Pep very rarely... like We talk about yeah. rotation all the time. De Bruyne very rarely gets well, I think he was rested really. last season against Southampton, De Bruyne. And they play Southampton, game week 27. So you never know. And Pep does do these things with similar teams. He has a thing about Burnley at home. He has a thing about Burnley away. He never plays Sterling against them at home. I mean, is it just by chance? It's just, there's certain things. I mean, what's putting me, the actual, the move that you were talking about, Andy, there of getting KDB in, the actual getting rid of Fernandes actually doesn't worry me, doesn't worry me as much as the other elements to that move. And I think I think there's there is looking at the fixtures, there is sense in doing that. If you ignore that effective ownership, will he get those points? And I'm not sure Fernandez will over the next few, um, in comparison to say KDB. But it's more going against Gundawan as a good captaincy option. Will KDB play twice? Um, and also it's the fact that these these scream to me really good defensive games. That Manchester derby that looks like nil nil. Manchester United just seem to be set up. Yeah, maybe. For playing mm. nil nils against the big six, and then they're playing Southampton, who can't score. I mean, Bestergaard is their top goal threat at the moment. The last over the last four matches, so it makes me think that it's a defender, which is why I I sort of joked, half joked on the captaincy video today that I would captain Edison. But which Man City player is going to play twice? Who's going to get two clean sheets? Who's probably going to get me? Who's like 95% certainty of getting at least 12 points for me? Hmm. <laughs> could, be any, I mean, could be the ultimate Dullard move. <laughs> um, but let's have a look at those City stats for those more interesting than me. Last four matches, expected goal involvement. And this underlines Gundogan's potential here. Um, so as we've seen, he's still getting a couple of shots away whilst KDB's been on the pitch in that small sample. But last four, so this is with um, these are the last four matches. So 
um, last four matches they played. The expected goal involvement of Gundogan is getting towards nearly four there. And Sterling is a really good shout as well, um, getting towards uh, involved in three. And then you've got to move down. You've got Rodri, Foden, Mares. These are sort of outside shots, really. But will they play twice? And then De Bruyne is quite far down there in terms of expected goal involvement. Less than one is expected to be involved in. That's actually less than Cancelo. If I if I thought Cancelo was going to start both, and that's the big if, and that therein lies the problem with City, I would probably try and get Cancelo in and captain him. Because he's the one who might get me an attacking return, who's probably going to get me two clean sheets. But will he play twice? And that's the thing. That's the thing I don't know. But it's those things I'm looking at. Um, let's put these some Southampton stats up. Last four as well. Um, so these were these were before they played. Um, put these ones up here. And these were before they played Everton. Um, the the key change here is that Ings dipped down. So that first match of the four that Ings was involved in, um, he had more big chances. He's actually dipped down to only one. It's Vestergaard with a couple of big chances in the last four, who is the the main one there. But other than that. It, the table is pretty much as you see it. They're all a bit rubbish at the moment. Um, so are any of us even considering captaining a Southampton player? <laughs> well, I've got Captain. to ask. I'm not even, I'm not no. even thinking of bringing any in. Like, no. uh, forget it. They're, they're just not... I, I think Ings has just actually been quite poor for most of the season, to be honest. Uh, and he, he'd be the only one. The only, the only mistake I made was last week, I could have got Forster instead of Fabry. Um, and paid the extra point one, and I probably would play him if I owned him this week because um, they play Sheffield United, and that's always pretty good for a clean sheet. So, but bringing him in, a like, captain, like I'm not even gonna, I wouldn't even debate it. Like it's just, they're just awful. No, um, Lee, I presume presume you're not even going there with with the. Um, yeah, no, Southampton. no, same. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, I've got the two keepers I've got for next week, and McCarthy that's got the double, or Pope with the single at home to Arsenal. And to be honest with you, it's a difficult decision right now because, you know. I know McCarthy's got Sheffield United, but Sheffield United could score against this Saints team. You know, I, I, I don't know. And, and then obviously the Man City game, I'm not expecting much. Yeah. Not expecting much from Pope at home to Arsenal either. So I'm starting to get towards where I might be making my transfer this week. Um, but no, 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 not thinking of bringing any Saints in, I'm afraid. And, and least, uh, least of all captains. So. There's, there's two teams I look at at the moment in terms of my attackers, who they're facing. If they're facing Chelsea or Man City, I think, mm, I'm not sure they're even going to get me anything here. And that's why I'm looking at benching Calvert-Lewin um, for the coming game week uh, because he's playing playing Chelsea. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on. Um, so we've we've seen the success that Luke has had with Gareth Bale, but of course I think Spurs, you know, are deserving of, of a mention. They are playing um, a double game week currently, but they do play in game week 29, and they have good fixtures as well. So um, yeah, Andy, we've had some we've had some questions about them, haven't we? Yeah, surprisingly, you don't you don't score nineteen points in the first game of a double and not get talked about. So, yeah, looking looking back to his best, at least glimpses, I would say. I don't know if we'll ever see that Gareth Bale that left the league all those years ago, but definitely glimpses, I would say. Uh, brace and assist, um, integral to the Spurs attack. We've got written here. Son and Kane uh, could benefit, and obviously, it just makes Spurs, I think, in general, a better um, attacking unit. Um, and yeah, obviously Son also got 11 points, so he's also got a double-digit haul this week. So, is it is it time to bail up and make hay? Is written here by our uh, our oh, notes. Wow, player. who's done these notes? Um, uh, <laughs> guilty, <There you> go. <laughs> guilty. Uh, so, yeah, it's lots lots of questions as you can imagine. Um, FPL finding glory. Is it time to jump on the Bayer wagon? Um, Set Blattered, which is the best Spurs triple up? Kane, Son, and Bayer. So. 
basically Kane and Son is already included in the best triple up uh, and then Bale or Regulon uh, or Lloris um, and is a Spurs attacking treble up Kane, Son and Bale now a realistic idea to try in the short term so obviously Spurs play in 29 against Villa um, and then he goes on to say especially if you have your second wild card to sort it out afterwards so uh, Lee, I'm sure you've heard a lot about Bale and Spurs oh. and your household. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling about Gareth Bale? And would you be looking to bring him in at all? Oh, there was so much emotion in our living room over the weekend, especially when he scored that first goal after a few minutes. I was actually out in the garden with the kids. I thought, right, I'll go in and watch the Spurs game. I'll give it 10 minutes to settle down. 90 seconds in, I could hear from the garden she, you know, Sam screaming in the living room. Um, what, what to make of that game? Uh, I'll talk about Spurs in a second, but I do just want to give a quick shout out for not a shout out what's the opposite of a shout out i don't know but a i just want to deride out. frankly yeah a whisper out or something for sean dyche and the way that burnley approached that game he, they got it so wrong they got it so so wrong and, and in a game where um you know i think spurs uh with bale coming into a bit of form and obviously that front three was looking good to to use an old jose Mourinho phrase it kind of looked as if and felt as if he was going to let the horses run free didn't he in that game and he set up with the front three now, if you're Burnley, and and one of the reasons I didn't bring in Kane or go anywhere other than just Son for this week was that, you know, Burn, what are Burnley good at? Burnley are good at sitting back, frustrating, be physical, good from set pieces, good solid goalkeeper, fullbacks are not too adventurous, sit and frustrate, and if you go away to Spurs, you try and win 1-0 at some stage, right? That's Burnley, and I'm thinking that's the way the game's going to go. Well, Sean Dyche decided that he was going to be peak Brazil 1995 or something. He had Loughton and Taylor on either side thinking they were Cafu and Carlos, their average heat maps for those two guys was like way pushed up, trying to push the Spurs As a, as a Loughton owner, I thought I was actually going to get an attacking return. It was, I, I was honestly, convinced of it. I, I was more surprised that they didn't score in that game because they were keep committing men forward and they had Jay Rodriguez and Vidra up there. So obviously the, the game plan was not to get it up to Wood, you know, win the ball, control it, lay it off. It was, you know, we're going to play dynamically with these two. But Cork and Brown, who in the middle, just left me and Tarkovsky hideously exposed. So all that said... If you're Sean Dyche, I, 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 you know, fair play. Trying something different with Burnley. You want to be a bit more adventurous. Don't try it out against Spurs, who are like one of the best counter-attacking teams in the league and are absolutely going to kill you on the counter-attack. Try it against Sheffield United or Palace. So all that goes to say, obviously, in our living room over the weekend, there was a lot of we're back, Gareth Bale's back, um, the front three is the best front three in the league, etc., etc. And I was sitting there saying, you've looked very, very good but Burnley were absolutely terrible. So I'd love to get your thoughts, guys, on whether you think it was Spurs great or Burnley bad, or a bit of both. Yeah, I, I think it was a, possibly a little bit of both. I, I think one other player that was back that really helped was Regulon, mm. because yes, he, he has the legs to get up and down. And so when he's up, it means Song can come central. And then at times it was almost like a front four, Regulon, Son, Kane, uh, Bale. And even Mora was joining in at times, where it was like a front five. So... They had a lot of attacking emphasis where it was difficult for... I felt like it was difficult for Burnley to know who to pick up and who was picking up who. Um, yeah. So I do think Burnley were bad, but Spurs definitely uh, helped that happen, like helped them make, make them look bad. Uh, in, I mean, in terms of Bale coming in, the, I mean, the only question mark for me, given what we've just seen... Like, I've not Before I saw the notes, I didn't even look at the stats. I just see from the eye that he, he's looking good. The only question mark is his fitness which Mourinho has talked about time and time again yeah uh, I think it was interesting that in the press conference um Mourinho said something about Vinicius playing because Kane pl can't play all the games and then they're 4-0 up and he keeps Kane on for 90 minutes and it's Bale that comes off after 70 I think that just shows that he's not necessarily got the legs to 
keep at it. So the good news is we get to see another game before we have to make a decision. Um, and I guess, again, you can look at it two ways. If he plays the next game, does that make him more likely to get a rest? Or does that mean he's building up his match fitness? And we can go on what Mourinho says. But I, I don't think it's a bad, a bad shot at all. I think not only did he look good against Burnley, he looked good against West Ham as well when he came on for the 45 minutes. Um, Palace is one of the... If there's if there's one team I could target right now, it's Palace, maybe yeah, Southampton, yeah, maybe totally. Newcastle, but definitely Palace. Arsenal a bit trickier, but I think if this front three is as good as we hope now, then Arsenal will will still provide a challenge, but uh, Son, Kane, and Bell will make it difficult. And then in game week thirty, after the you know the game they play in blank game week twenty nine, it's Newcastle, which is great as well. So as a short term punt, it's pretty good. I mean, the question of where if you don't already own Son, do you go for Bale over Son? I'm not sure I would do do a Luke on that uh, right now because I just think <laughs> do a Son... Luke has to become a thing doesn't it <laughs> yeah because you know Son's going to play 90 minutes every game um, but in terms of tripping up I, I always look at it in isolation right if I've already got Kane and Son that that's that doesn't really come into my thinking then for Bale it's just is Bale a better option than whoever I'm having to sell you so can't like... triple up you can't triple up I, no they aren't going to come up against teams like that, that the way that Burnley have played Palace are bad right? Palace, Palace, yeah Newcastle. that's true that's true I mean Newcastle are, uh, I was going to say Newcastle are better recently do I really mean that I don't know but they've just C- lost Crystal... they've just lost Almiron and St Maximin as well now so they're shutting up shop right so they're parking yeah, they the could bus. be yeah they could try it yeah I mean, Palace can't park the bus. So if if you were going to bring if you were going to bring Bale in, it is a good time to bring in Bale. But I've, for me, the treble up just feels a bit. It just feels a bit too much. Exciting. For me. I think <laughs> I think it's game week. 20- Andy, what's happened to you? You're so maverick. But I think game week twenty nine <laughs> makes it even. I am thinking of tripling up at some point because oh, of game week twenty nine, and because it's, they've got Crystal Palace next, then the Arsenal. So it's the derby. So. It's, Fine, fine to do it then. And then they are one of a handful of teams that play, and they play Villa, and then they have Newcastle. This is this is bail time. Arguably, as Luke has proved, last week was bail time. But I think it's still there. I mean, you can't be too late. I think I think this is still a really good time to get him in. Um, and well, here's here's some stats really to to show. This shows a little bit of what Bale's been doing, but more sort of where Spurs are at at the moment um, and this is the last four matches and this shows I mean Bale has, has started two but he's been a sub in another two and this shows a sort of reversal of what we've been used to this season so this season it's been Kane has been the provider for Son's runs so Son has been mm. the one scoring it's been Kane in fact chipping in with the goals and being the, the, the great creative force the sort of KDB of North London um, and then Bale's just been appearing occasionally you know off the, you know, swaggering on, off the golf course with his man bun um, but this is last four matches and we're seeing an, an about turn in that it's back to Kane being the guy to get the goals so yes he has created six chances but he's had 11 shots inside the box 18 goal attempts last four I mean this is prime Kane territory 18 shots in four matches 11 of those inside the box um, half of them on target um, half of those ones in the, on target and he scored a couple of goals there so a minutes per goal attempt in the box um, every 32 minutes so this is the Kane we like and it's Son who's turn, turn provider so you look at chances created last four he's created 12 chances that's double the amount Kane has and big chances just the one and shots inside the box, just just the three in comparison to Kane. Um, goal attempt seven though. Um, so it's it's that about turn there. So that that there's something that's persuaded me to get Son in Kane and Son. I think, especially with game week twenty nine in mind, 
just get them both in. Just <laughs> but who is the third one to get in? And as you can see there, Bale, he's only had two starts there, but he still had eight goal attempts. He's still created three chances, but he's had five shots inside the box. And we've seen, even from range, he's so clinical. I mean, that uh, one of the, the uh, I can't remember which one, of, which is the first or the second goal, um, but just watching that that goal from, from outside the, it was just outside the area, and it was just like, oh, mm. just a beauty, a beauty. Um, and that, that was great to see. So for me, I think it's Kane Son, and Bale or Reggion. And I've got I had a look at attacking defenders. This is a table I've got in Fantasy Football Scout members area. And this is chances created. So I sorted it by five or more chances created over the last four matches. And I put Reggion in just to um, sort of show where he is with these the top guys. So we the guy we've been talking about a lot recently, sure. 13 chances created. He's top of the pile. But then Alexander Arnold's getting better. Nine. He could be could be a player to bring back in, especially with Liverpool's kind run. Tierney. If I, I mean, I had Tierney for a free hit in which he didn't show up, and I was really annoyed because Tierney's a player I really want in my side. He's really exciting. I just want him to play every match, and but it's eight chances created there. And then you've got Cresswell. We know about Loughton, who we know about as well. Strangely becoming the Cafu of of Lancashire. Um, Alonso is in there. But a bit further down is Reggion. So he hasn't had as many um, he hasn't had as many minutes and there has been rotation. But nevertheless, he's still created three chances and he's had five goal attempts. And that's what I quite like. So he's, he's mixing up the goal attempts with the chances created. And, and going back to what Andy was saying, he looks something that perhaps doesn't show up in the stats there. He's the guy that's perhaps starting that attack, getting it to Kane, getting it to Son, getting it to Bale. Is that that kind of move sort of building up the play there so he was very direct against Burnley, yeah. wasn't he? he's very direct he wasn't like you know they weren't showing him down the line but nor was he going down the line he was attacking the heart of that Burnley defense in that space between where Cork and Brownhill should have been protecting me and Tarkovsky and they weren't he was driving into those areas and, and Son and Kane were running off of him I thought he played really really well and actually, when you look at those stats that you've got on the screen there, mm. um, you're talking about over the last four matches. Well, I think Reguillon's played certainly 90 against Burnley. I think he played about 70, 80 minutes the previous game, but then didn't play mm. the previous two after that. So, OK, this is a bit crude, right? But if you say Reguillon's played two of the last four games, well, if you were to double what's on the screen there and say he's had six chances created, 10 goal attempts and maybe four in the box... You'd suddenly be going well. Well, these are his last this, four this matches. Guy. These are his last four matches. Oh, okay, all right. So not the last so, four. But, but that could okay, include right. substitute appearances as well. But but the point of that yeah. is is either, I, either I guess, way, still pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's the point there. That that he's that he's just he's just just below the the top guys here, the ones that we we're talking about in terms of the assist potential. Um, Reggion, clean sheets, assist potential, possibility of a goal. That's really great for five point five, and he plays in game week twenty nine. He's probably the one I'm going to get in, I think. I don't see Palace scoring against them. And I don't see Newcastle no. without some of their key men no. scoring against Newcastle them. Newcastle is screwed, I would say. Yeah. You never yeah. know, of course. But yeah, I, 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 I don't want to sit on the fence. Right? I don't want to say there's no right or wrong answer. But I think like, if you're still happy with like, your double city defence, I don't know. A lot of people have wildcarded recently. So if they've got like Ricardo or Luca Dean and players like that to go alongside yeah. two city, then you probably don't need to swap one of them to Regulon. Uh, and maybe you just get Bale instead if you happen to have a spare 9.5 million slot. But yeah, if you've got a spare, I, I really like him. The only slight concern is Davies is there yeah. um, and Reglon's the better option. He will 
he's a bit like Cancelo. He will start most of the games, but there is the odd one he'll miss out. And I can tell you that as a previous owner of him. Um, oh yeah, you have him, didn't you? Yeah, he he's yeah. more of a. I would say he's like a four and five, six and seven, seven and eight kind of guy, rather yeah. than eight and eight. Um, so you just have to hope that he plays in that twenty nine fixture. Like, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't put me off buying him, but it's just something to bear in mind. I'd say. I think I think with Mourinho, he's so. He feels like so temperamental as a manager. So this is why I liked what he was talking about Europa. He seemed to have confidence with all his players. He was talking them up rather than doing them down, rather than saying, oh, Deli, Deli Ali's rubbish or Reguillon's rubbish and these types of things. He was just praising. Um, but that can that can turn. A click of a finger and suddenly <laughs> they're out of favour. Deli Ali's thrown down some well for several months and we never see him again. Um Lamella, for example, <laughs> the same work, the well that Lamella's been thrown down. And that's, that is my fear with anyone apart from Kane and Son, who I think are untouchable from the well, the well of Mourinho. Um, but yeah. I, I just think right now, like you were saying earlier about him uh, having his, I think as you said, he had swagger. Yeah. Like they're in eighth position, 39 points. So they are six points off top spot. They've got a game in hand as well. So they're not actually that far no. off. And I think maybe he's realized that even he cannot make this defense into a Mourinho defense as it stands. Um, and maybe he suddenly realized he's got some of the best attackers in the league at his disposal. Uh, and just to go for it. And like Bale, Son and Kane, we all thought it was going to be devastating when it first happened. But you throw more in, Lucas Moura, who I thought looked all right, and Don Bellet, they I don't know, they've got so many attackers, you feel like he might just release them a bit more now what I like about Spurs for the same reason people like City is like who who can hammer another team 5-0 6-0 4-0 who and they're the teams you want to target for the attack you want to target for the captain talking about the same team here this is Spurs. this is a Jose team that gets yeah. gets 1-0 and, up and, 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 and then they, they and all team. those goals at the beginning of the season they fired past Manchester United and, and, and you've got you've got the wrong half of FPL family uh, on this when, one, <laughs> um, when they played Southampton as well basically it's it's which team when they're on form <laughs> can absolutely take another team to the cleaners Man City can do it we know that Leicester can do it if they've got you know Barnes and Madison, everyone there. Um, you know, it's uh, they're nine nil. Um, Manchester United, I think, can do it. Are capable, and of course, Spurs are capable. But I'm not sure any other teams are really capable of those absolute maulings. Um, at the moment, Spurs just seem swaggery, mauly, maulingy. Is that a word? Um, they just feel they feel like they could have a go at some of these teams, and I sort of want to be around them. When they do, and I know Lee, you probably don't want to be around them <laughs> because they're beating uh, Wolfsburg and a really bad Burnley team. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, Pink Brazil. I, I mean, what's but, going on? Again, though, to be fair, and I know I've said it already, but we do get to see them against Fulham before we have to make any that big decisions. That's key. And like Fulham is going to be a diff- more difficult test than both Palace and Newcastle for sure. Totally. Um, so if they can find a way to break them down and score a couple of goals, like even even like two or three, because Fulham aren't conceding that many then, yeah, perhaps we, we pile on. But to be honest, even if they only scored one pass for them, I don't think it would let me put um, put me off for Crystal Palace. So I agree. We're, we're maybe getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Mm. It's just I just think of that team, right? And I'm not a neutral, but I just think of it from a neutral point of view. To see Son and Kane and Bale just going yeah, for it, it's yeah. what we want to see. And he has the players. I know we're, we're, getting, we're getting a bit of, getting a bit of, well, I'm getting a bit of grief in the chat as well. Like, uh, it's an awful <laughs> take on Spurs, I've got, apparently. But when Mourinho and when Spurs are swaggery, you want a piece of that. How much has Kane and Son bailed us out as FPL managers over the years? 
Um, so I don't think that's being necessarily awful. I think that's just. Did you mean that fair. pun, Joe? Did you what? mean that pun? Yeah. How often have Kane and Son bailed us out? I like yeah. that. That's very good. <laughs> Did you write that in the notes? <laughs> I didn't. I wrote the uh, the hay one, <laughs> but uh, I wish I'd written that one in as well. But no, you're spontaneous. Um, but I do think I do think there's certain teams you want to like with Man City. You know, we want to be part of that when they're on good form, and we perhaps don't want to be when they're when they're off form. Same with Liverpool at the moment. Everyone wants to move away from Liverpool to even it up a bit in the FPL family Spurs Liverpool chat. But Liverpool, I agree are, with that by but, the way. But Liverpool are capable of mauling teams when they are back on form, and so we're looking out for signs of that because that's what we want. We want to be able to captain Salah, and we want to be able to get the likes of Alexander Arnold in. But anyway, I'm digressing because we've got the next topic, which is Leicester. So Lee, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, Leicester City uh, flying uh, up until fairly recently. And then obviously we spoke before about the Madison injury and how that's maybe derailed their train a little bit. Two really good fixtures coming up, Brighton away, and then Sheffield United at home, but then a blank and then Man City and then a tricky, tri- a tricky trip to the London Stadium um, to play West Ham. So uh, a bit mixed. And of course, uh, now the added um, injury to Harvey Barnes, it looks like he's going to be out for sort of five to six weeks with a knee injury. So be interesting to know from uh, you guys if you were Barnes owners or if you are Barnes owners, what are you planning to do with him? Who are the best replacements? Some of the questions from the community, uh, CG has written in to say, should we stay clear of Leicester City now altogether with all the injuries? Does the Madison and Barnes and also Johnny Evans as well going off injured in the last game, does that affect them? And should we stay clear? And Conrad is saying, who are the best Barnes replacements? And is Leicester a trap now? With all, all of the injuries. So, Joe, maybe I'll come to you first. Got any Leicester assets? And if you have, no, what are you doing? No, I was going to. But as I said, it was that pessimism mm. from Rogers, And and the fact that they're, they just they haven't quite sorted themselves out. <laughs> with Madison out and now Barnes, um, I'm not quite sure. Vardy doesn't appeal as much. I'm not sure who else appeals. Um, I've got some stats here, as usual. Always get some stats up. This is all season. Because I wanted to put this one up to highlight um, how much Leicester rely not only on Madison, but also Barnes as well. Top of chances created, Madison with 42. Next, Harvey Barnes, 26. The next Mm. one, there's a big old drop-off. You're starting to get to Teal, Tielemans and all Brighton and Justin territory. Justin is also injured. So out of the one, two, three, out of their top five creators, three of them are out long-term. So you're left with Tielemans and Albrighton. So if I was going to get a Leicester asset, and I'm not, but if I was, I'd get Tielemans in because he's got a goal in him. He's he's literally the only guy who's creating it. He's their main creative force at the moment. Um, And we see there, he's had 30 goal attempts across the season. Um, And he's only 6.4. But he doesn't play in game at 29. And that's what puts me off. But if I was going to get a Leicester asset, I'd go there. I'm not particularly interested in the others I mean all the ones I'm interested in are, are injured <laughs> Barnes Madison James Justin who was a Justin owner for a while what a what a gift from the gods what a Lundstrom style gift from the gods uh, he was 4.9 he ended up um, before um, during his injury it's such a bargain and he looked great I mean as you know like Alexander Arnold of old you know when he was cheaper um you know, it was really, really good to see. Um, so, short answer: No, I'm not. I'm not going to bother with Leicester at the moment. Uh, they don't. Yeah, have, it's a shame, isn't don't it? Don't have the fixture. Don't have the form. Don't have the personnel. Yeah. It is a shame because certainly um, 
uh, Harvey Barnes for sure, but even maybe James Justin, I think were on the yeah, sort of England fringes. You know, I think they were in the conversation to get in the squad for England in the summer. And, you know, clearly neither of them, I don't think, are going to be in that now. But you've only got to look at the stats that are on the screen. Um, you know, Madison's chance created are ridiculous. But look at Harvey Barnes's shots in the box, yeah. shots on target. You know, those are the sorts of, you know, those are the sorts of shots that if saved, Vardy feeds on the scraps of those, doesn't he? And, yeah. and I just think they're going to be far less threatening in those areas. So I, th- I think I'm going to avoid as well. But Andy, what do you think? Have you got any Leicester or what your, what your plans? Yeah, no, no Leicester. I think attackers, like, there for me, there just is no options right now apart from Vardy. And um, I, it's hard to justify him over like a Kane or a Fernandez or a De Bruyne or anyone. So I just don't see where he fits in. Uh, and I think when you lose the main creative spark as well, it, it would just put yeah. me off. I, I still wouldn't be completely put off by the defence. I think there's an argument to be made that when you lose some of your attacking potential, you probably, obviously, if you've got the ball and you're causing the opposition problems, you're not having to defend. So they might have to do a bit more defending, but they are a pretty solid defence, which has pretty good fixtures. Like I I even said this before, before this game week, that I thought their fixtures actually tended better to defensive returns although that didn't happen against Arsenal um, but Brighton Sheffield United that screams more clean sheets than attacking returns to me Man City's tough after 29 then it's wet. they got a really good running basically West Ham West Brom yeah. Palace Southampton Newcastle are the five games after the blank and C so if you've got like a full squad you could potentially hold on to like a Castagna or Pereira I don't think I don't think I'd be completely put off by that but um I don't think I'd be going out of my way to bring them in, I would say. Do we, do we know much about the Johnny Evans injury? I did, did I make that up or did he limp off last game and, and maybe might be out for a bit? Uh, we might have to, yeah, he's not flagged because they've got the second game. So we're probably going to wait and see whether he plays that one. So we'll have to wait and see. That yeah. obviously would be pretty bad, especially with Fafana still out as well. Uh, so I guess it depends when he comes back. Because they, they've, they've got so many good defenders, but they seem to always be constantly injured they never have the yeah. fully fit defense so yeah we'll have to i'm not sure on, on evans we'll have to um keep uh, an eye take on that a look. yeah but yeah. overall i just think less defense is actually pretty good usually so it, like i said it wouldn't completely put me off because the running is so good uh, like if i had Pereira or i had castanio already i wouldn't be looking to sell that's for sure uh but i guess it, it's a harder decision to bring them in in, in terms of like barnes replacements I think it's really difficult. I don't think there is a standout, which kind of makes it a little bit more interesting, but also harder to to find someone. Like they all have their like caveats to why they're not actually that good. The best option, potentially, if you haven't like if you've already got Rafinha, I think he's still a good option. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Jesse Lingard might not be the worst. <laughs> the worst buy. He looks great, right? It's not yeah. a bad suggestion. Le- leads up next. Which is good for anyone. Like Leeds always give up chances. He can't play in game at twenty eight because he's playing true. against Man United. Yeah, yeah. Has a fixture in game at twenty nine. Uh, then it's Wolves and Leicester, which aren't ideal. But then again, the running's really good. Like right up until the end of the season, the running is good. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying you have to keep Jesse Lingard for that long, but if you wanted someone to bring in that you didn't have to worry about for a while, he could be an option. I think the only um, caveat with Jesse Lingard is because in game week 28, when obviously he yeah, has yeah, to he be benched because he can't play, Leeds play Chelsea. And that's my sort of rule at the moment, whereas I'm not keen on players attackers. I have Rafinha and Bamford, and there'll be a lot of people with one of Bamford yeah. and Rafinha, possibly both, mm. ahead of game week 29 when, of course, Leeds play. So then you're starting to look, your bench is starting to look very, very... Um, depleted so i i mean in my case i would have to go quite deep <laughs> um mitchell deep 
um, and uh, would, not... would you guys look at a Saka or a Neto yeah. Yeah, or a... Yeah, I saw somebody on the on the on the scout um, scout chat boards earlier talking about Willock as well from Newcastle. Reasonable stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'll go. The problem with Newcastle is they've got so many attacking injuries now. Almiron, Sam Maxman, and Wilson yeah, are all yeah. out. So that would possibly put me off. Saka's is a great shout, I think, because again he plays in twenty nine, and Arsenal's running's really good. Yeah. The only slight, again, it's, it's just slight concerns I have. Um, I, I just there's no perfect play. You just want that perfect player. Is um, I wonder if Arteta is starting to focus on the Europa League a bit more now. Because it's it's probably their best chance of getting possibly. into yeah, the Champions League. Like he rested quite a few players against Leicester, although they did really well. Um, so I'm just looking here. They got Burnley. I've lost it now. They got Burnley, then Europa League, then uh, Spurs, then Europa League again. I just wonder if he'll, if Saka will start all those games. And and Arteta's already spoken quite a bit about the fact that he's probably had to play too many games this season for how old he is. Um, yeah, he kind of reverted I, to the old him, guard, didn't he, last game? He put yeah. uh, Willian and Pepe in, didn't he? Yeah. He's really good, though. If, if you think he starts, I, I love him. I think he's I think he's a really yeah. good buy that's very cheap. Yeah, it's a good shout. I think I think it's still Villa, and we'll look in a sec at the, uh, the next four fixtures. Um, but Villa have, have, have been on quite a good run. They, of course, playing game week 29. Grealish being out. So if Grealish is looking like he's back, then Grealish is an yeah. obvious replacement there but if Grealish looking like he's going to be a bit more long term and the way Dean Smith's I mean Andy as you know when you do the the team news every week with um, um, you know with Neil and and the the talk from Dean Smith he's quite famous for saying oh you know he he could be back or um, always you know he's not very definite and he was like that there's something going on there there's something going on so if Grealish is looking if we can read between the lines and Grealish isn't back for a while then El Ghazi is probably a really good option there because he seems to be the guy that is actually getting on the points there. And, and that's been the way whenever Grealish has been out and not playing. Um, so he's a player I like. But it's once again, it's trying to suss out the team news there of, of who's going to play. But I think looking at the fixtures, I mean, I'm going to let's put these next four fixtures up because um, it's a good a good chance to do that because it shows perhaps some Harvey Barnes replacements as well. Um, it's worth noting that we are a partner with Football Index so there may also be players to look at uh, buying through Football Index. Um, that's where you can buy and sell shares in players using fancy football knowledge with the aim to make a profit. Um, so yeah, looking at these fixtures here, we see Newcastle at the top. So if, if I thought some Maximum was um, available... <laughs> Um, West Brom, Villa, Brighton and then Tottenham in game week 30 I think that's a nice run for him and I think he is a viable midfield option if he is fit because he, he, he clearly looks the best player for, for Newcastle um, especially with Wilson out Villa there, they're second on the on the season ticket for the next four got Wolves, Newcastle, Tottenham and Fulham um, that's a great run Southampton, they've got the fixtures but they haven't got the form so they've got Sheffield mm-hmm. United City game but that's it um, then they got Brighton, then a blank, and then Burnley. So got when they're playing, it's a not quite a nice run. Tottenham. This is why we've been talking about the possibility of Son, Kane, and Bale, or, or and or Reguilon. Um Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Villa, and Newcastle. Leeds have got a tricky couple, and then it gets better. So they got West Ham, then Chelsea, then it gets better with Fulham and Sheffield United. And then Man City chucking along. I don't. And these are mixed fixtures, but it's Man City, Manchester United, Southampton next. Then Fulham, then a blank, then Leicester. 
Um, Brighton, the there was someone posted a really funny picture up on um, Twitter of their their team bus celebrating being champions of XG of the XG champions parade <laughs> through Brighton um, because they are they're rivaling Crazy, rivaling the top sides, the cities of this world in terms of their defence and their attack. And yet they're getting beaten by a Palace side who had two touches in the penalty area and they've scored with both of them. Um, so I want to make a Brighton. But nevertheless, if you want to go down that crazy XG route of Brighton, they've got Leicester, then they've got Southampton, Newcastle, and then Manchester United. Um, but then further down, this is why Andy was talking about Fernandez out. And it does make sense when you look here. He's got City next, then West Ham, then nothing. And then Brighton. So- waiting to see the Man City match tonight, just to see the minutes. Like if the Bruyne got like a sixty minute or something like that, then I'd be far more tempted. But it is more difficult. I will, um, I will say that you know now I've seen the team sheet, but we'll, we'll see on Fernandez. I just I feel like Man City is is pretty much a blank for anyone. It's not that Fernandez is bad. Like even if Liverpool were facing Man City, I wouldn't expect many points. Like even in you know Salah's heyday, etc. I'd always you know the the chances of a high points total is obviously lower against the best defences right I think we can all agree on that so yeah I just feel like there's maybe something more interesting I can do than Man City West Ham blank uh, but potentially something else will come up before then so who knows in, in terms of uh, Villa I still quite like it's just a shame we don't have definite news on the Greedish thing uh, yeah. I, do, I do suspect it's going to be longer than like Dean Smith is saying yeah not the next one maybe the one after for Wolves I, I just don't think he's back for that so Ogazi would be good because he's on penalties and he's extremely greedy. That guy likes to shoot like whenever he gets a chance. But he's probably only in the team till Greenish comes back. So if you wanted like a nailed on or mostly nailed on Villa player right now, I'd actually probably go to Triori. Uh, if if you were trying to cover the blank for someone that's not very expensive uh, and has pretty good fixtures, uh, you know, around it, uh, I, I don't think he's like the best player. But for that kind of price, he's not a bad one. Um, so yeah, I think Triori for Villa is someone I would look at. Maybe Algaz if you want to take a bit more of a risk. Yeah. Any other any other names before we go for a differential? I think the only the only one that that stands out to me maybe I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but maybe the Newcastle defence. You know, they've got so many problems at that at the other end of the pitch that maybe they just tweak it a bit at the back and just try not to concede quite so many. They've got. Um, the new assistant manager that's coming from Bournemouth seems to be quite intent on, um, you know, high energy, high press, good shape, all that sort of stuff. So against, I, I mean, a Spurs game in 30 is probably a different proposition, but West Brom, Aston Villa without Grealish, okay, they still carry a goal threat, no doubt about it, but Newcastle at home could be okay. And then Brighton, despite the XG, <laughs> are struggling to score goals. So the next three could be all right for someone that maybe has a bit of goal threat at the other end, like Lasselle or somebody like that, Lasselles. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm clutching at straws. What do you think? Well, no, because I had in my notes, but I was sort of too scared to say because I was getting laughed at. Not the notes again, Joe. No, but <laughs> I, I didn't put in the notes. This is all in my mind. And it's Dubravka. He's a really good goalkeeper. And whenever Newcastle have a good run of fixtures, he gets not only the clean sheets, but he gets the save points and the bonus. So he's got West Brom, Villa, Brighton, Tottenham. There are clean sheet potential there. But so he's come back, and I think the hint, the, the the position from Bruce appears to be, thank you very much, Carl Darlow. You've done a wonderful job. But Stabravka's going to be back now, and yeah, what, so. what did we see? We saw um, yeah three saves. So immediately he's back with a save point. Um, and so if we think that Newcastle are going to keep clean sheets in this favourable run, 
Dubravka, and he's come down a lot. So he's, he's usually priced, you know, quite high, you know, 5 million, 5.5, and he's down to 4.8. So if you haven't got Martinez and you don't particularly want to, or um, you want to back up for some reason and you want a bench boost at some point. But uh, I, I think at the moment, an alternative to Martinez, Dubravka's probably the guy to go for. Um, so yeah, so... No, it's not that crazy at all. I think it's quite a good. Uh, I thought it. I thought it was crazy until I looked at the team. I feel like it's a bit like, crazy. Uh, it's, it's, it's not it crazy. Is, it's very it dull. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I looked at my I team think... earlier. Sorry, and I, I realised I could do. I realised I could do Robertson to Lascelles. Mm. Uh, that would enable me to do Calvert Lewin to Kane as well for next week. So I'm like, and I have the exact money to do that as well. So that's that's why I'm gone here tonight. Sort of <laughs> talking about I the virtues just, of the Newcastle thing... defence. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You, I mean, I, I do think that probably with the amount of attacking players they've got, like you said, he maybe he will try and go a bit more defensive. But I always think you're not like 17th in the league because you can play defensive. Like you're just you're just not a very good defence. And I and I do think in the next few game weeks, Newcastle are going to get massively dragged into that relegation fight. And I'm I'm not convinced uh, Steve Bruce and Co are going to cope with it very well. So I. I, I yeah, that is why I'm here tonight, Andy, for you to talk me out of these crazy decisions. Yeah, yeah, so thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate um, that. I'm getting some, some comments in the live chat at the moment uh, from the very, very early stages of the Man City game. Um, that um, St- I don't know whether they're just joking with us, but um, Sterling missed a penalty. Is this no, true? I don't think that's They're just true. joking. They're just joking with us. They're joking no, because I... they know that I've got Edison and they want... And I want all of City's Edison's players... Edison's not taking a penalty. To, ...to miss a penalty, and I want it to be my future captain, Edison. I think De Bruyne is going to be back on penalties. I, I, I mean, whether or not he ever even lost them, I don't know, really. Um, I can't yeah, see I, that on sofa score, by the way, and that's my that's my go-to. Yeah, they're normally okay. pretty up-to-date, so I can't see it. Sorry, chat. They're just, they're just playing with my mind. Because um, I, I know I've won FPL once I captain um, a penalty-scoring Edison. That's you, it, you I've won. got an assist. <laughs> I'll be giving Luke a run for his money there with his Gareth Bale triple captaincy. Um, just to, just before we come to a differential um, with Football Index, you can sign up to that and take advantage. They've got a seven day five hundred pound money back guarantee. Um, there's a link in the description below to sign up as well as a link. Check out the full terms and conditions. This is for eighteen plus only. Please gamble responsibly. You can check out begambleaware.org and there's a link for that in the description as well. So. On to our differential. Um, Cancelo, Gundogan, Rafina, the Di- Diane, the Prince of Goals of West Brom, and Antonio <laughs> have been our uh, recent uh, differential pick successes. Um, Lee, which low-owned gem of 5% or below ownership should we be targeting for the next four game weeks? Please tell me it's not a Newcastle defender. <laughs> Do you know what? I th- I'm thinking about this coming on to tonight's show and I just thought, right, I've got to be... I just can't have the, the obvious one, right? So I'm thinking Jesse Lingard doesn't play against Man United. Do I go Newcastle, go a bit rogue, St. Maximin or something? But you you have to have Bale, don't you? I mean, Bale has to be the differential for the next four weeks. Plays in 29, Crystal Palace next. Less than 2% owned, I think, still in the game. I, I'd, I'd be bonkers if I didn't pick Gareth Bale, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I I, I, I think <laughs> obvious is good, to be honest. I like, I like obvious. I love it. Well, any time it's my turn, I pick the likes of you know Rafina or um, yeah. I was you know, trying to be clever, but I just thought, forget it. It's Bale. Bale. Right? Gareth Bale's the man on fire at the moment. At the moment, and he's got the form and the fixtures. So yeah, don't don't overcomplicate it. It's a great shout. Um, definitely don't try and be clever. That was great. <laughs> um, so let's move on to our team reveals. Um, so I'll, I'll go first because mine would be quite brief and boring. 
Um, so I've got Edison, currently my vice captain. Uh, Dallas, Lawson, Stones, Rafina, Fernandez, Salah, Gunduan, who I'm a little bit more confident about captaining now he's got his rest tonight. Son, Kane, and Bamford. And on my bench is Calvert Lewin because he's playing Chelsea. And I don't know, it's Everton. I don't know what I'm going to get with Everton. So that brings me doubt, and Chelsea are great. Uh, defensively at the moment Kufau uh, very happy to bench him and Mitchell who's sort of in and out and of course Jed Steers there so I'm probably just going to do nothing with this um, or I'll make a move with game 29 in mind and maybe move Mitchell on but a non-double game week move would be to if, if, I, if Everton are not playing Villa in game week 28 which has been mooted if that's not going to happen I'm very tempted to move Calvert-Lewin out for Antonio and play him because as on their captaincy video and podcast this, this morning did with David, um, that Leeds West Ham game, that looks good for a single game yeah, of captaincy. Yeah. And I definitely, I'm definitely, i definitely playing Rafinha and Bamford in that. I just like the look of that in general for goals. And Antonio, I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get a goal at least there. Um, Let's move on to your team, Andy, because I think you have Antonio in there. So you've got Martinez, yeah. Cancelo, oh. Dallas, Stones, Son, Salah, Gundogan, captain currently, Fernandez, Antonio, Kane, and Bamford. So yeah, you you still odds on for that KDB move you were talking about? Possibly, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I think like it's obviously the there's lots to talk about. But the caveat's always going to be I need to see what happens tonight, right? I think. I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking to myself now, even now, like what what am I wanting to happen to make that move? And I guess the 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 point is is De Bruyne coming off early, like 60 minutes or so. That will, he's definitely going to play against Man United, right? There's no questions about yeah. that. So will Gundogan. It's just how much do I think he'll play that Southampton game? Uh, and it's it's like we said earlier. Could he be rested, or will he play to get his fitness up and his minutes up? Mm. I, I don't know. Um, I'm still, I am tempted to do it. I mean, I could even bench uh, Fernandez and play Rafinha, but I don't. I think if I've got Fernandez, like, yeah, I, I think if I've got him, it's just too risky. Just too risky. But to what's what's? It's sure that's less of a risk just to bench him for one game week than getting rid of him. Not risky. Maybe risky is the wrong word, but I just, I feel like if I get rid of him, it, that feels worse when he gets like a hat trick than than if I've got him on the bench you know I just if I've got rid of him fair enough I've made the decision it's not logical by the way I'm not saying that's a logical thing to think it's not logical to go wasn't that great my bench player got a cap well definitely not going to bench him again yeah no I, I I don't know I mean I could quite easily roll that you mentioned just then the the Villa versus Everton game being in 28 mm. like the double yeah that would hurt me quite a bit because I've only got Martinez so I don't have Calvert-Lewin I don't Apart from getting rid of Kane, I don't have a way to get him in one either. So potentially, like Fernandez and Antonio, or Fernandez and Bamford to Calvert Lewin and Grealish, or whoever it might be, would be an option. Um, but I could roll. I, I know I could roll this week and not get De Bruyne. But I just think Stones at this point is just and possibly like a one in every two game guy. So like we can all say he's got a yeah. double game week next week, but potentially just plays the Man, Man United game. That's it. Um, but I am very happy to have Antonio. I didn't, to be honest, I just didn't have the money this week to go up to Calvert Lewin, which is why I don't have him. Uh, even after my minus eight, I still didn't have the cash to do it. So I kept Antonio because of this game. Um, and I think he's going to be quite a differential because people are going to have other mm. things to be doing. And he plays in 29 as well. 
So yeah. no, yeah, I think he's I'm great. Really I think he's a great shout. I think he's one of the best single ca- um, game week captaincy shouts. Bearing in mind Fernandez, Manchester United play Man City, um, and Sa- and Salah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to keep, but again, you know, home to Fulham, that doesn't actually at the moment that doesn't scream. I mean, yeah, Lee. I mean, as a Liverpool fan, would you be tempted to captain Salah this week? Have you watched us at Anfield recently? <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know that's why I asked. It's not you. pretty. <laughs> it's um, not pretty. Yeah, I would not be captaining Salah. No, not this week. No. Not this week. Okay, well, let's move on to your team, uh, Lee. So you have got Pope, Robertson, Cancelo, Diaz, Dallas, and then you have got Salah, Son, Fernandez, Gundogan, captain, Rafinha, and Watkins up front. So four-five-one, and what a bench! Uh, Bamford, mm. Calvert-Lewin, and Shaw. This you should be bench boosting this week, not last week. <laughs> if I, know I hadn't wasted the chip this week, Joe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what? What if any changes you're going to make? I would, I would, I would try and get more of your bench into your personal eleven. But obviously, mathematically, Surely you can't play Dallas ahead of Bamford. Surely not. Yeah. No, this I, this was a, a hastily taken oh, screenshot okay. that I. So, so yeah, there, there will be some changes. I mean, I've, even Fernandez, I think he's benchable this week. I wouldn't. Not selling him, but I do think he's benchable because I do think that Ollie will approach that game in the same way he does every other game against the big six, which is I'm going to try and get a point. And against Man City, do you know what? Given that Manchester United are Man City's closest rivals, maybe City are happy with that as well. Could see that game being 0 0, you know. But anyway, my team, um, I've got a goalkeeper problem for 29. Neither right. am I going to play in 29. Mm-hmm. So, um, given I think Martinez has got, he's going to have Wolves at home, isn't he? It's a nice fixture. So, probably going to do one of my goalkeepers to Martinez. Um, I've also got problems in the defence for 29 as well because Liverpool and Man City don't play in 29. So what am I going to do? Just rock up with Dallas. You know, I've got, I've got, I've got to get some defenders on the board. So um, I do like Reguilón. I do like Reguilón. Um, and talking about him tonight has, yeah. I wouldn't say convinced me because I was thinking of him anyway. Um, but I think, you know, just, just going through it with you guys has kind of talked me into it yeah. even a bit more. So um, I don't know who would make way. I think, Luke Shaw has been good for me recently over the last few weeks. He's, he's get, getting bonus points as well as clean sheets. But as we suggested when we were looking at, you know, next four fixtures, um, especially with Manchester City yeah, away I'll, next. I'll put those four fixtures up again so people can see. I mean, yeah, I would, I would yeah, say yeah. Luke Shaw's got to go, sadly. City. Yeah, one, and, one caveat I would say, I, well, I think the fixtures aren't... Like, I think playing Brighton, for example, they, they kind of keep the score down. Spurs, Spurs will probably find it difficult to score too many passes as well. But... West Ham, I mean, I, I I don't know. I'd never back against Antonio, to be honest. But West Ham, Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, probably not that bad for defensive returns, possibly. So I'm not saying... That, I'm not saying right. Yeah, it could be right. That, I mean, Regulon is a better option than Shaw. I'm not saying he's not. But um, I do think you can possibly make a case to keep Shaw if you, if you are happy to sell one of your other guys. But... When they're two Man City defenders, it's not going to be them this week, is it? So, Well, the other one is Robertson, right? I mean, Robertson doesn't play in 29 either. I mean, I don't know what it is that's made me keep him for this long. Maybe blind faith, you know, maybe my red goggles are on or whatever. But having him, uh, having Reguilón instead of Robertson for the next few looks okay. I mean, we talked about Liverpool's running is good, but I'm planning... One It's at home... Oh, well, Man City have put it as a Sterling goal, but in the chat they're saying it's a Dendonka own goal. Mm, so it sounds like those. Sterling's either getting a goal or the assist, potentially. Bad, no, okay. bad news for those who have gone Dendonka deep, finally, this week, for some reason. <laughs> it's, it's finally gone for those. Finally gone for Sterling wrong, wrong way. He's finally scored. Um, yeah, that does underline Mahrez's potential. I remember towards the end of last season, um, 
when I clawed my way back into the top 100k, um, it was thanks in part to Mares. Um, when he did play, he got me points, and it's transpired tonight. It looks like he might have got an assist. Tonight. Yeah, sorry, he's Mahrez. Nice. Um, so Mahrez assists there, and that's what he does. A bit like KDB. If Man City do well, you're looking at who's going to have that broad spread of points. Um, I just, I just wish we can had a magic crystal ball to tell us who's going to start. Not it's, highly owned, is he, Mahrez? Could be a good differential, but if he's playing yeah. tonight, then you know what happens next game, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so just to finish up on my team, it could, so it could be Robertson that makes way for Reguilón. Um, and that would give me a bit of money to do you know, McCarthy to Martinez or I could do some upgrades elsewhere. The Fulham at home game for, for Liverpool does look good on paper, but mm. as we've just discussed, you know, we're definitely not. There's a, there is a method to beating Liverpool at Anfield now and I think teams have figured it out. I think with game week 29, um, I'm hoping to go into game week 29 myself with, uh, with two free transfers and then possibly take, and taking a hit there so I can, can make that move for the best three then. Um, but I'm partly doing that because I think I can wildcard afterwards so I can get any old dross in. Um, but also I do think it's important to have, you know, at least the best players for Game Week 29, not necessarily quantity, but quality. Are you tempted to just roll the transfer this week? Because I think, I think your, your team's really good. Like it's, it's, it's too good. <laughs> it's too good because your bench is well, yeah, too look good. At, look at it on paper and the, and the bench looks all right, right? But again, I've, I've got to start thinking about 29. Mm. I don't have my free here. Yeah. I'm wildcarding afterwards. I'm dead-ending, if that's a phrase we can still use, up into 29. And at the minute, I've got City, double Liverpool, Man United. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got problems, frankly, that I need to start moving on. And if I'm going to address some of those problems later on, I might as well do it now when Martinez has yeah, got balls at home and Reggian's got Palace, right? So it, it feels you, like an okay move to make now. Did you say your wild card? Are you still got your wild card, have you? Still got it, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. What, one thing we didn't discuss earlier, which it doesn't really make sense for you, but it might do for someone that doesn't have their wild card, is instead of Martinez, because as an owner, I know already that their Villa's running is really difficult. Um, yeah. With Lloris instead, and obviously it's different for you because your wild card and you're going to get regular on, but Lloris not only has good fixtures now but he also plays in 29 mm. and they've got a fairly good run in and they've definitely got another double game week to come as well um he's it's possibly shout, an option yeah. like he yeah. get he's going to play every single game yeah, whereas regular on he's, not necessarily he's actually my shout for sure. i'm going to be replacing i have no goalie for game week 29 and i'm probably i'm i'm looking if i don't go the region or bail route um, I'm looking at Lloris in for Edison because one of the benefits of having Edison, you can get any other goalie in. So, you know, Martinez on paper maybe. But yeah, I think that's a great shout, Lloris. He's going to play and there's clean sheet potential there. Um, mm. Just before we go, just want to mention the members area. We've got loads and loads of stats uh, today. There's lots of other good gadgets in there as well to have a look at. Uh, player comparison, etc. as well. Lots of Opta-driven data. And of course, if you have liked today's show, do press the like button. Do subscribe so you can keep up to date with everything as well. Uh, but in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from me.